Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we go through the Bible book by book in a way that is deep, but also easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Solid Life Whole Bible Reading Plan. Yep, and with that, if you would have if you have any questions that you would like to get answered, feel free to send those into uh, our email. It's info at grove.church, um, or also message us on Facebook at the Grove Church Facebook page. Um, if you're friends with me and uh, me and Evan, uh, feel free to message us too. Um, but with that, I'm excited to get into the Bible talk today. So, uh, Evan, take us away. Well, we are wrapping up the book of Deuteronomy this week. And I thought it would be really fitting, um, instead of just focusing on the book, really focusing on the author of the book. Or in other words, um, we spend a lot of time, in fact, every day from uh, the first day of the reading plan until now, we have been in one of the books written by Moses, one of the first five books of the Bible. And then this is uh, this is the last week that we're wow. reading the words of Moses. And so um, I do think it's fitting to take a little bit of time to kind of just review Moses, talk about his impact, and really some of the legacy of uh, not just the book, but really just his ministry in general. Yeah, I think it's cool that we've done this in the beginning. Uh, I mean, look, it's April, and or when it, when is this? This po- is April. Yeah, no, but is this podcast coming out in April? What do you mean? Shocker. <laughs> we don't record these every single week. Uh, this it's one's still yeah, going to be in April, Yeah, right? this one's coming out in April. It's just crazy to think that we spent the first um, – really the first trimester of this year talking about Moses. Right. And and that I think should be kind of an exclamation point for all of us of who Moses is and recognizing his flaws, which we are going to get into a little bit mm-hmm. today. And it should be an encouragement for us. So I'm excited to go through the last bit of Deuteronomy and I'm sorry for interrupting, but continue. Oh, it's all good. So um, I think one important point is that Deuteronomy does mark the end of the story of Moses, um, but it's definitely not the end of the larger story um, of the people of Israel in particular, but also just people who put their faith and trust in God in general. It's really the beginning if you want to look at all of the history and that sort of thing. And and the one thing I wanted to focus in on is um, we talked about it, and you you actually just alluded to it. Uh, The Bible goes out of its way to show that Moses is not a perfect man. And I think one, one of the really cool things about him is that when we talked about it when we were introducing Exodus and, and I think in Genesis as well, Moses was uniquely qualified for the calling that God had on his life. And I think that's a really special thing that um, really just because of the education he had, because of the leadership skills that he had, Moses was able to really do incredible things that God called him to do, Moses and Aaron together. Um, but that doesn't mean that he was a perfect person. And I think a lot of times that we can have a tendency to view Bible characters um, and only see their positive sides, unless I think David's probably the only one that we don't do that with because the the Bathsheba story is so famous. But with the, I mean, he just murdered a guy and slept with his wife. Well, so. I mean, yeah, who hasn't? But <laughs> just kidding. Um, but we we just another day at the Grove Church, I guess. <laughs> but we look at um. We can look at characters and we can uh, really just see it through rose-colored glasses. And because we we want to see them in the brightest light possible, mm-hmm. but I think it's important for us to wrestle through all of them yeah. because the Bible does uh, purposely go out of its way to show that there are moments where Moses is arrogant. There are Moses, moments where Moses makes uh, poor decisions where he disobeys God, and, and that's really on display in a few different ways. Yeah, and I think we, um, I think sometimes we have this idea that once God calls people – they're perfect from then on out. Yeah. And and I know that's, that maybe, I mean, we're laughing to say it, but like a lot of people who first like become Christians or read the Bible, like it's important for us as, as pastors, I'll, I'll speak on my personal 
um, personal level that like when, when we start explaining the Bible in these characters, it's very important to remind people like, Hey, they messed up mm-hmm. just like you're going to mess up just like I'm going to mess up because it can almost create this deity of these people as well, which is, I mean, we see a lot of, uh, just different things and different, um, different facets of Christianity, maybe mm-hmm. um, different um, sects of Christianity um, where they deify certain individuals because of an encounter with God. Um, but it's cool that Deuteronomy and just really the Pentateuch kind of just lays it out that Moses is super flawed. Yeah. And I mean, it makes me just, feel better about myself. For sure. You just look at Genesis and uh, I mean, there's a lot of flaws in a lot of the- One uh, in particular. Yeah. In so, the garden. And well, that's fair. Good, yeah. good point We're there. We're all coming back to it. Um, but with that being said, I just thought it would be fitting. Um, this week we're wrapping up Deuteronomy. Next week we're going to start up Joshua. And so I think I just want to read the last uh, chapter of Deuteronomy. It's only 12 verses, so it's not super long, but it really does um, wrap up the story really well. So starting in verse one, it says this, then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of the Pisgah, which is the opposite of Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan, which uh, is the promised land that he's showing mm-hmm. Moses at this point. All Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negeb and the plain, that is the Valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as the Zoar. And the Lord said to him, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes but you shall not go, ever go there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and wonders of the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all of his servants and to all of his land. And for the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel." So that's the uh, – it's almost got me emotional there. Yeah. Like just – it's it's just crazy to see about just the impact that he had. And um, even like when we talked about like the, the flaws of him, it, it really is clear like here's a um, a great man who was able to do what God had called him to do. Um, and really even though he's not able to go in and, and take possession of the land that God had promised him, he, God gives him this grace of yeah. being able to see it like here's what it is. Your children are going to have it. Mm-hmm. You, you done good. Yeah. And I think that um, my my favorite part of this, I, I like that you brought this up because I love how the Bible speaks to us differently, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite part of this is verse nine, where it says, and Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And what I love about that is that, um, and we're going to get into this in a couple books um, down the road, but it's important to pass on the message of Jesus to the next generation. Yeah. It's not, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in youth ministry um, to, to just, you know, get up and, and preach to people who have already heard 
of who Jesus is. I'm here for that next generation who haven't heard him. That's what really Jesus commanded us is to go into all the world and preach the good news. And I love how this is a common theme throughout scripture that no leaders um, until we get to a certain part um, forgot about what God had done. And I think that's important for us, even um, as you're maybe talking with your kids or or your your family, whatever it is, just to remind you to, you know, keep pressing that on or te- keep passing that on because I do feel like that is very important and kind of underrated. Yeah. Um, but with that, we are also wrapping up another book this week. Um, this book is Second uh, Corinthians. And uh, we already got into, you know, Paul and Second Corinthians and just a quick recap of Second Corinthians. One of the major themes in Second Corinthians is as pastors, we are also flawed human beings. And that's kind of a theme that um, we see with life of Moses, um, David, like all these people. And Paul just continues it. And what I love about the ending of Second Corinthians, however, is how Paul um, kind of gives in his own way a reminder of what it looks like to be the church. He says this in 2 Corinthians 16, 11, says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. And I just love this idea of being unified through humility. Hmm. I don't think there's any um, teams that... Uh, if there is a personality disorder on the teams, I, I, I'm thinking of this classic example. They're probably going to be kicked out of the NBA playoffs right now, and I'm getting sports. Russell Westbrook, phenomenal talent, like pro- arguably top top five player in the NBA. People can't play with him, and really, it's because he needs to always have the ball. And what does that tell us about us, man? If we want to do something great and spectacular, we need to be team players. And it doesn't work if my attitude is bigger than everybody or my ego is bigger than everybody. I think of like me and Evan, straight up, just going to be honest, Evan's way smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. I don't know about that. Uh, I do. Um, But the reality is Evan is so humble with it. Shout out, Evan. Thank you. That like this wouldn't work if he was always telling me what to do. Right. It, it wouldn't work if he was telling me what to, you know, speak on or everything. But he's come at this with such humility. This was his idea as a, as a podcast, and he's invited me along with it. And we're unified through our humility, even in our disagreements, even in, you know, figuring out if how, where we want to land on scripture, whether something's a closed fisted argument or an open handed argument. There is beauty in humility because it brings people together. Humility says, I might have an idea, but it doesn't matter. Because as long as we're unified, that's what matters. Yeah, I think it's it's so telling that in Second Corinthians, Paul talks about, um, and we and he never tells us what it is, which I think is important. Is which I think is important, but it's, it's also kind of annoying. Well, you yeah. always like read into it. You're like, what did they do? Well, I think that's the point, though. When he talks about there's a there's a thorn in my flesh or something which I've pleaded for God to take away, and he, and he and he hasn't because uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made yeah. perfect in your weakness, and I think. Um, what a beautiful thing that God left that open yeah. so that we can all read into that, whatever it is in our lives, yeah. I think, to a certain extent. Um, but I think there's there's such a power to, to understanding, and I think Paul is really helping people walk through it here. Um, there's just such a power of understanding really our place yeah. and not allowing ourselves to get overinflated and how much more gets done when we're all 
um, instead of worrying about who gets the credit or when we're all trying to make ourselves seem better in front of mm-hmm. other people, it's incredible what gets done when people just focus on on, yeah. on the kingdom. Yeah, and like back to the NBA, like the Golden State Warriors. And I, okay, guys, I lived in the Bay Area for about three sure. three ish years, and I was there the first title. Well, not their first title, but the first title of this current regime, and. Everybody says Steph Curry is the most selfless player that you could play with. He is a top five player in the NBA, hands down. He could go out and do his own thing. But the reality is he is chosen to choose humility over his ego. And they have unity through it. And guess what? They're going to win another title. For clarity, for those of you who don't have any context of it, the Warriors are a really good basketball team that have won multiple championships. <laughs> yes, if you've ever seen Space Jam, they're essentially the Toon Squad. There you go. So, so we'll, there's that. We'll get off the, uh, Anyways, the sports sorry. metaphors let's, for those of you Let's continue know. on. But yeah, uh, the next book that we want to highlight, we're wrapping up Second Corinthians and we're going to start up the book of Galatians. And so Galatians was written by Paul in about AD 49 to a, church, to a group of churches in the region of Galatia. So what's, what's special about this book is that when we actually look at the letters of that Paul writes to churches in specific – they're all written to one church. And so there's the church in Rome, there's the church in Corinth, there's the church in Ephesus, um, or at least the churches in that city. Whereas this one is really written to a very broad region in what is um, modern day Turkey. And so kind of uh, northwest of where Israel is. And so Paul is writing this letter. And what I think is really interesting about it is that he's writing to address a controversy that is that has arisen from a group called the Judaizers. And really what they're their platform was, or what they were telling the churches in this area, is that um, if you want to be a Christian, you need to be culturally Jewish before you can do that. And so, the big thing that comes up is um, circumcision, which um, as an adult, that sounds like a huge bummer to get into, but I mean, whatever whatever it is, but he's uh, telling people that or not he, this group of people is telling people that they need to follow um, the cultural law of the Jews verbatim, and then they can be saved. Whereas, um, and we talked about it in the Q&A episode, but the New Testament is very clear um, that as Gentile Christians, we're not bound by the law. We're not bound to be culturally Jewish, but rather uh, Christ's salvation is for us in our culture as well. Um, and it may it may seem like a small thing. I think we can read through Galatians, um, and it's, it's, it's a shorter book, and it might seem like even today, you know, I'm sure we all have things that there's other denominations or even in our denomination, I'm sure there's pet things that we do where we kind of add it on to the Bible. Yeah. Like we make extra rules that aren't quite there. Um, and what Paul gets at in Galatians is that the, it's not a small thing and that the gospel really is at stake. Because if if we're saying that Jesus plus something equals salvation, well, that something is, is equal to Jesus. Yeah. And that's what the point that Paul is getting at is yeah. that uh, faith in Christ is our way to yeah. salvation. Or it's saying that Jesus isn't good enough. Yeah, he's not sufficient. Which is also wrong. Yeah. And it, I mean, that you, man, we can rabbit trail down that all the time of different religions who said Jesus plus this equals everything. Yeah. And the only thing that you add to Jesus that equals everything is nothing. There's a phrase that says Jesus plus nothing equals everything, meaning go. that there's nothing you can add to him or take away from him to make him any greater than he already is. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's an important thing, I think, for all of us to keep in mind, because I think it's just an easy trap to fall in if we've been uh, Christians for a long time to kind of just have um, extra things that are our own pet 
wisdom, you know, ways of wisdom that we live in are things that we don't want to get involved in that aren't necessarily spoken to uh, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, and I think a really important verse just to keep in mind, uh, I want to read before we get into our, our Psalm highlight of the week is Galatians chapter two, verse 16. And it says this, yet we know that a person is not justified or saved by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Yeah. So as we're reading Galatians, uh, keep keep an eye out for that theme. It's there everywhere, and it's really Paul talking about the the liberties that we experience as Christians because of the work of Christ. Yeah, and man, I just. I love the book of Galatians. I'm excited that we're getting into it. And I'm excited that this is the first time I'm going to be reading it um, in this context of also um, kind of, I mean, not in like the pot, like basically we're doing a podcast. So it, it, right. it's also giving me a different lens to read through it as well. And I, I'm just excited for it. Um, but with that, man, we are going to be going to our Psalms highlight. We are going to be looking at Psalms uh, chapter 68, um, AKA Psalm 68. And this Psalm is a psalm of David. Shocker. Um, what? Yeah, I know, right? And um, what I do love about this is it it has a little bit of thematic um, imagery of um, just Moses and and what happened in Egypt and leading him out. And so I figured, you know what? We're ending Deuteronomy. Moses's life is over. Let's hit up the psalm uh, that talks about it. It says this in verse seven: Oh God, when you led your people from out of Ila, shall I restart that? Okay, <laughs> go here we go. <laughs> Oh God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain. Before you, the God of Sinai, before you, the God of Israel, you sent abundant rain, O oh God, to refresh the weary land. There are there are your people finally settled with bountiful harvest, O oh God, you provided for your needy people. And I just pray that none of us get into a place where we think we don't need God to provide for us. I think it's so dangerous in uh, 21st century Christianity and the way that we live our lives is the reality is in America, we don't have to rely on God for a lot of things. Um, and that can really make our faith stale. Like when was the last time really, I mean, you're listening to a podcast right now and I'm not trying to um, you know minimize maybe some things that you're going through, but you have access to a podcast. You have access to probably a car or some sort of way to listen to this in headphones and sometimes we we can kind of take these things for granted, but the reality is our God has provided so much for us that sometimes it can just it can just be white noise. Yes, think about for for the most part, um, none of us are worried about what we're going to eat. We're not worried about having shelter tonight. We're not worried about um, a lot of different things that, um, especially people when this was written, were worried about. And it's just it's a testament to the just the the common grace of yeah. God. Yeah, and it's just. It's one of those things where, man, I I pray for all of us, me, Evan, everybody listening to this, that we never get into a place of, it's it's kind of like what Pastor Nick talked about on Easter, like never taking God's wonder for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, I never want to get to a place where I say, well, yeah, this is just how it is. And I don't have to rely on God for things. The reality is uh, I don't have to rely on God for a lot of like physical needs. But let me tell you, I need to rely on God for a lot of spiritual needs. Yeah. But because I don't need to rely on him for those physical things, sometimes it can make it even harder to rely on him for the spiritual things because they're almost intangible. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great reminder. Um, and the last thing we want to talk about today uh, is the book of Mark. And so 
Um, I realized like we've been talking through, this is the fourth and final gospel. Um, we're going to go through all four of them again because yep. we're reading through the New Testament twice and the Old dipping. Testament once. Double dipping. Um, but we really haven't talked a lot about um, the crucifixion yep. and things that happened there. We brought up Pilate, um, hashtag Connor hates Pilate, but, yep. uh, but we, uh, we haven't focused in on too many other things. And so I wanted to highlight um, another character who is present uh, during the crucifixion of Jesus, and that would be Simon of Cyrene. Um, and if you don't know who that is, that's totally fine because he's basically mentioned in one set, a throwaway sentence in the book of Mark and, and that's pretty much it. But <laughs> dude, you, you got your one shot and you get one sentence and hey, nobody knows who you are. Here's the deal though. You make it in the Bible. That's in true. That's a good, that's a good deal. Okay. Yeah. You got that. Right. Um, but so if it, it, most of us are probably familiar with this story as Jesus is carrying his cross up to Golgotha, um, he's physically just unable to to do it anymore. And so the Romans who are around find someone in the crowd, they pull him out and they make this man help Jesus carry the cross, carry his cross all the way up to the hill. And so that man's name is Simon. What I think is is really incredible about this is that the story of Simon does not end there. You have to do a little bit of digging uh, to figure out where else it is going. But um, actually, Simon has two sons and he also has a wife. Um, and Paul talks about them in a few of his different epistles. And so uh, in Mark, it's a quick it's a quick and you'll miss it thing, but it says in verse 1521, uh, and they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry his cross. And you might be thinking, well, why would Mark mention the father of Alexander and Rufus? Well, Alexander and Rufus were actually uh, members of the church in Rome. And when Paul is writing, to talk about people who've really helped him. He actually says um, in the last chapter of Romans, he mentions Rufus, and he also mentions that Rufus's mother was a mother to him as well. Or in other words, when Paul came, when he's when he's really at his lowest point, when Paul is in Rome, um, it's, not, it's not a good he's time. He's not on vacation. No, he's in prison. We're, we're actually going to get into that next week um, about some of the letters he writes while he's... Are we getting into Romans next week? We, not Romans. We're getting into uh, Ephesians and Philippians. Oh. We're doing spoilers. We've done Romans. We did do Romans. Yeah, my bad. Good work. <laughs> uh, but Paul... I just got excited. I thought we were doing it again. Well, we are doing Romans again eventually. But uh, um, anyway, sorry. So Paul, Paul is in prison and... Simon's wife or Rufus's mother um, really ministers to him in, in a loving and nurturing way. And actually, uh, St. Rufus is, uh, is a uh, venerated saint in the Catholic Church. So there you go. Uh, the story of Simon of Cyrene does not just end in the Gospel of Mark, but how incredible is it? And, and what do you think he, uh, this man, all he thought he was doing is helping a criminal carry a cross? And he probably thought the story was going to end there, but little do you know that he was helping uh, the Son of God carry a cross mm-hmm. and that his sons and his future generations be forever changed because of the incredible sacrifice of Jesus. And so not only did he get to be a part of that moment forever, um, but also we see that his the ministry of the gospel carried on with with his family as well. Yeah, I think that's cool. And it's kind of another thing, what we, what we talked about, um, earlier with Moses laying on the, and laying his hands on Joshua, it's another thing of passing right. the news down to the next generation. And so, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a youth pastor, I get excited about that or whatever it is. I just think it's so important for us to never lose that. That man, if any, if everything goes wrong in your family, make sure that you are still passing that news down because you know what? 
there are times where God has come through for me in unexplainable ways. And I can't wait to tell my kids about that. Yeah. And it's important to always remember that. I think uh, just to wrap it up on that point, I forgot who said it, but I've heard it somewhere that um, the the most important contribution that you make to this world is probably not going to be something that you do, but will probably be someone that you raise. Yeah. Um, and just talking about passing along the importance and, and really the beauty of, of the gospel to, to future generations. Yep. Well, I think that's a great point uh, to wrap it up for this week. Uh, just a quick reminder that we are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only podcast of the Grove Church. If you would like to check out any of our other resources or podcasts, you can visit our website at grove.church. Um, and also, if you would uh, like to leave us a review on whatever you're listening on, that would be a huge help. It helps get it out there. We actually had a few more reviews coming this week. Uh, me and Connor read them. We appreciate them so much. Thank you for your kind words. Uh, and we will see you all next week.